to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. going on around the world, especially that what's going on in Israel and everything forming together with the Ezekiel 38 and 39 prophecy that's going to take place. All the pieces are in place. It's almost like, God, um, shouldn't we be gone by now? But we're still here. Why, the Bible says, because there's more people coming to salvation. Do you know the Bible teaches that when the last Gentile is saved, then the rapture, then we're gone. Wouldn't that be awesome if we had a, you know, one person in this sanctuary is not saved. They, they said, okay, Lord, I give you my life. And shoo, we're all gone. <laughs> what are you waiting for? <laughs> it was so awesome last Sunday. Before the service, uh, the worship team, we're in the back here. We call it the green room back here. It's actually a white room. It's kind of cool. But, uh, but we always pray before the service, and we're just, we just pray the Lord would bless the service. And, and last Sunday, we just kind of prayed something that I don't know if we've ever prayed before, but we prayed, Lord, just uh, pray, save one person. If there's just one person that's not saved, Lord, because we realize the angels rejoice when one comes to heaven and so comes to, to, uh, comes to repentance. So we're just like, just even one person, that'd be awesome to see one person give their life to Christ. And, and I forgot about all that. So first service went forth. I gave the gospel. I left it up to the people. It says, if you want to accept Christ, pastors are down front here. You can come pray, receive Christ. And, and then just kind of forgot about the prayer and everything else like that. Went out to greet the people that were, were leaving. And as the people were leaving, one of the ladies uh, said, hey, I brought my friend and this is her first time here at one of your services. She really would like to pray to receive Christ as her personal Lord and Savior. I was like... And so out there, she prayed and she accepted Christ as her personal Lord and Savior. I came out to second service. I said, hey, guys, the person got saved. You guys can all go home now. (laughs) No, I didn't say that. This great salvation we have, God is still saving people. We, we live in this gap right here called the church age, and Peter's just trying to make it clear. Guys, don't get too bogged down with your trials. Realize that, that we have a bright future, and you're seeing things that the prophets weren't even able to see. Let's look at the next verse, verse 12. Verse 12, it says, To them it was revealed that not to themselves, but to us. They were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things which angels desire to look into. Isn't that an awesome verse? They realized when they were prophesying this that it wasn't going to happen in their age. They were, they were writing this stuff down that, you know, the, the Messiah is going to suffer and, and Isaiah was writing down about wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities and he's writing this down and he's, you know, seeking diligently, God, when is this going to happen? When is this? And they're like, not during your age, not during this time. But they were seeking it diligently. But it was clear, so Peter's making it clear to these guys, guys, you don't understand the days you're living in. The prophets would have loved to see the days that you're living in. And that's the days that we're living in. But did you notice who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven? Do you know you can preach the gospel by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven? Don't you love when that happens? You're preaching the gospel and just the Holy Spirit just shows up in a powerful way, sent from heaven. 
I mean, we're all filled with the Holy Spirit. I, I get that. We, we have the God's Holy Spirit living in us, but there's something powerful that happens when you, when you share the good news of Jesus Christ. It's like the Holy Spirit just is right there saying, I, we want to save this person. Preaching the gospel. Can I encourage every one of us that are here? When I said, if you're a believer today and you've accepted, all those hands went up. So can I encourage us, the body of Christ, let's share the gospel as much as we can. I believe the problem with the church today, we love ourselves too much. We, we care too much what people are going to think, what people are going to say. I, I believe as a whole for the church, we, we care. We, we love ourselves so much. We're like, oh, they might get mad at me, and I don't know if I should say anything. But, but they're going to hell. They need to hear the good news. They need to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the, the good news that God so loves the world. He gave his only son, Jesus, to die on the cross. People need to hear the good news. And you might say, well, pastor, the last time I did that, the person yelled at me. Well, they probably got hit pretty good, so they're, they're getting stirred up. <laughs> Paul the apostle said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to those that believe. The power of God is in the gospel. The Holy Spirit shows up. The Holy Spirit sent from heaven. He shows up in a wonderful way when we share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. My wife and I, we were, the other day we went to Target and I believe it was Wednesday, our day off. So we're making our way to the, to the store. We're in the parking lot and just said, Lord, just, and I boycotted Target for the longest time just to let you know. That lasted like two and a half years and finally, I think Joanne Gaines had something to do with it. I don't know what all that was. Did they have her product over there? I don't know. But, so we're, we're back. We're, we're going back there. <laughs> But I just, we threw up just a crazy prayer. We're in the parking lot going to Target. I said, Lord, just use us in any way you want to use us. So we're, we're there. Then we forgot that prayer. We're just shopping away, buying stuff, putting stuff in the, the buggy, things that we needed to get. And then we're looking for the line. I don't know if you do this. I do this every time. I'm looking for the shortest line and trying to figure out, you know, which is faster because I'm very impatient when it comes to standing in lines and I'm looking. And, and so there's, um, all the lines are full. But then we notice, do you know Target, sometimes they have like two layers of, of cashiers? That is so cool because most people don't know there's another layer there. So, so there's, the lions are all busy, but there's one lady, no one in her line. So I said, honey, come on, let's go, let's go. We're just, so we go make our way. And I just asked the lady, I just, the, the cashier lady says, so how are you doing? She goes, I, she put her head down. She goes, I'm doing terrible. And I go, oh, that's too bad. I go, you know, what's, what's happening? She goes, she goes, you know, everything that's going on in America, she says, I'm just, she says, I'm just fed up. I, I'm fed up with life. And I says, well, you know, and I, it opened a great door to share. She says, you know, she even mentioned, she said, a cousin of mine was talking about the apocalypse. And I says, well, this is a great, I'm like, Lord, is this a door for us or what? And I says, well, there is something called the apocalypse. And, and can I tell you this? It's going to get worse. And then she's like, what do you mean? It's gonna... I says, well, that's the bad news. It's going to get worse. She says, really? I says, biblically speaking, yeah, this is like a preview of what's going to happen. It's going to get much worse. I said, but the good news is, is Jesus wants to help us and save us. We don't have to go through the tribulation. And then she was just like, her eyes are wide open. And I'm giving her scripture. She's like, she gets her pen out. She's writing down the scriptures. And she's, you know, just listening intently. The Holy Spirit just showed up. <laughs> Praise God. But you know, no one came in our line. The whole, I mean, we were there like, I don't know, 
10 minutes, 15, 15 minutes, and nobody stood in line. So we had her all to ourselves. No one was bothering us. It was like, I could just see in the spiritual, the angels were like this, you know, just block, blocking everything. Because, I mean, they had a bunch of people there. It says the angels are looking in, you know, they're probably looking, okay, watch, it'll block all these people. I want to save this person. And I literally, while I was talking, and when we were walking out to the parking lot, I'm like, Lord, you heard our prayer, and you want to save. You, you came to seek and to save people that are lost. And I was like so fired up. I'm like, Lord, continue, please continue to use me. I want to be a vessel of honor. I want to be fit for the master's work. I want to share the gospel by the power of the Holy Spirit. They were shared by others, the gospel, through the power of the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. And we, in the day that we live in today, God is still saving people, and he wants to use us. He wants to use you. Did you notice in our scripture reading, in our scripture reading, in the second verse, Psalm 96, verse 2, it says, proclaim the good news of his salvation. Can we read that together from? That means every day. You know how convicting that is? Proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. In other words, every day tell people about the good news. Jesus saves. God sent his son to die for you. I love what Isaiah the prophet said. Isaiah 52, 7, it says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who bring, can we say that together? Good news. That's the gospel. Who proclaim peace who bring glad tithings of good things, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, those in Israel, your God reigns. Our God reigns. How about the latter part of this verse? Isn't this in in verse 12? Things which angels desire to look into. Do you know there's angels, the unseen world, they're, they're looking into everything that we're doing. If you're walking in sin, that's pretty creepy, huh? But if you're walking with the Lord, that's pretty awesome. We have a culture that's fascinated with angels, don't we? People are fascinated. You talk about angels. You can talk to anyone about angels. Really? Yeah, angels. Yeah, let's talk. Oh, yeah, everybody wants to talk about angels. Angels. But do you know we have angels that are fascinated with us? That's what this is telling us. This word desires, it's a very strong word. It means to look after intently, with passion, with intense desire. They're like watching this whole thing. And I'm wondering, I I think through this, I'm wondering, you know, if they're looking at us like, what does God see in these guys? (laughs) And I wonder how often they're just scratching their head like, really? I mean, come on, you're going to give them another chance? Torch them? No, they're... That's me. I'm sorry. It's my warped brain. Please forgive me. I'm talking about myself. Torch me is what I'm saying. Torch him. Get rid of him. I'm giving up on this one. But no, God's grace and God's love, they're intently just looking in like, what in the world? What? Look at this. And then, you know, they're watching as we share the gospel and someone prays to receive Christ and they're transformed. They're like, look at this. This guy, I know this guy. He was a drug dealer. He was a killer. He was a this and that. And, and now look, he's just, he's, he's different. The spiritual realm looking in, watching intently. As we know in Luke 15, 10, it says, Likewise, I say to you, there's joy in the presence of the angels. 
the angels of God over one sinner who repents. They are so excited about what's going on in our midst that a party happens when one person repents and gives their life to Christ. There's rejoicing going on. There's just, you know, just there. I believe sometimes they're probably more into it than we are. They're like, yes. I love the story of John Patton, the missionary of the 1800s. I don't know if you read about his story. He was ministering in the New, the New Hebrides Islands off of Scotland area. And one night when he was there in the, with his missionary group, the natives were hostile. They were wanting to kill them. They were wanting to burn the place down. So they, they were surrounding the, the place with torches and they were getting ready to, to burn down this, uh, this missionary station. And uh, during that time, while they were doing this, John Patton and his wife, they saw this. They thought they were going to die. So they just kept praying and interceding and said, Lord, deliver us. Lord, save us. Lord, deliver us. And, and then nothing happened. The men went away. And they were like astonished, like, what was that? God, you heard our prayer, but what, what did you do? And they, didn't, they couldn't figure out why, why did the, the men just leave and not, you know, totally torch this place? So a year later, the chief of the tribe there in that, in that area, he prayed to receive Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. He became saved. So John Patton, he asked this chief, he said, I need to ask you something. Remember that, you know, about a year ago, you guys were going to torch this place. You were going to kill us. And he says, what happened? What, what took place? And he says, well, who were those men that were surrounding your camp? And he says, what are you talking about? We didn't have any men surrounding our camp. He says, I saw hundreds of tall men with, with swords drawn protecting over your camp. Fascinating. Angels watching over us, angels looking out for us, angels in our midst looking intently. Fascinating. I want to look at the last verse in our text. And I'm just going to like to point out just the first part of this as we wind our study down. The Apostle Peter says, Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Since you have such a great salvation, since you're living in this wonderful age of grace, People being saved by grace through faith. Because of that, the number one thing you need to do is gird up the loins of your mind. And I want to say for all of us, I hope we all realize all those hands that went up that said, yes, I'm a believer. I, I, I believe in Christ as my Savior. I pray that you realize there's a battle over your mind today. Gird up the loins of your mind. And girding up, we're not too familiar with that term, girding up, but it means basically to, to get rid of loose ends or to, to get rid of sloppy thinking and loose thinking. Just gird up, have a disciplined mind. Be careful about the things that you're thinking upon. Be careful about the things that you're pondering on. Have a girded mind. Back in biblical days, most of you know this, when men, they wouldn't dress like this. They didn't have skinny jeans back then. I just have to say that, okay? They didn't have that. They had robes. And the men would, when they would do serious work, they would take their robes, they would gird up their robe, they would pull up their robe, and they would take it, the, the end of it, the loose ends, they would tighten up all the loose ends, and then they would take their belt, and they would, you know, tighten up their belt. That way they can move their knees, they can, you know, work, they can bend, they can, you know, so girding up means to, you know, to get serious about the work that you're doing. And I just want to say, guard over your mind. Be serious about the things that you're thinking upon. There's a battle over our thoughts. There's a huge battle over the things that we think. The, we have to be careful. When thoughts come in my mind like, oh, you know, that person, this and that, and just, you know, just terrible thoughts, I'm like, I'm not going to think about that. 
There's a battle over the mind. And I find it very interesting, the first thing that the Apostle Peter says when he talks to these guys about your great salvation, he says, therefore, because you have such a great salvation, be disciplined in your mind. Watch over what you think on. In the age that we live in, with it's just so visual, visual things constantly going. And, you know, the other day, we just, I was looking up something, and I've, I went to hit the, the Facebook thing, and I hit Facebook, put F-A, and then some fashion thing came on. I was like, so I'm like whoa. It was like, boom, boom, boom. It was just, it's like, watch out what we think on. And this, this world that we live in, just be careful what you're thinking upon. Gird up the loins of your mind. I've counseled couples before, married couples, and... I've heard couples tell me, well, you know, I still think about my ex-boyfriend or I still think about my ex-girlfriend. And, and I would say, gird up the loins of your mind. Don't, don't think on those things. Delete it. Take it out of your thoughts. Watch what you think about. It was so funny when I was in grade school, I was a school crossing guard for one day. And I was so excited. You know, they, you know, I you know, applied for it. I was excited about it, you know, and I just really wanted to do this. They gave me my vest. They gave me my badge. And I remember standing on the corner, you know, I had my badge on and my vest on and I'm standing there at the corner and living in Michigan. It was a snowy day and snow's coming down. And I, I, you know, just remember it like it was yesterday. I'm standing there like, this is such a good thing. And I really like this. Well, then the school bus was coming by and there's kids on the school bus that I knew and they were looking out at me and they were like giving me funny faces and sticking out their tongue. So I, I grabbed a snowball and I made a snowball and I, I threw a couple snowballs trying to hit them through the window and all that. And, and I thought, you know, that just happens. We're kids, right? No. That day the principal called me to the office. He said, I heard you threw snowballs at the school bus. I said, yeah, I did. He goes, give me your badge. I go, no, please don't take my badge. Can I keep the vest? <laughs> but it's like, I look back at this. What was I thinking? You know, your mind is like, you know, they're making fun of you. You're going to get them. And it's like, we, we need to be careful what we're thinking on. What, you know, what are we pondering? What are we allowing to get in our mind? And are we acting on those things that we're thinking on? If you continue to think on those things, eventually you're going to act on those things. I love the story when Jesus was in Caesarea Philippi. And Jesus looked to his disciples and he said to his disciples, who do men say that I am? And his disciples answered, said, well, some say you're John the Baptist. Others say that you're Elijah. Some think that you're possibly Jeremiah the prophet or another one of the prophets. And Jesus looked at his disciples and he says, but who do you say that I am? And it's classic what the apostle Peter said. Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. You're the Christ, you're the Messiah. And remember what Jesus said. Jesus looked over at Peter. He says, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. This isn't something that you just came up with on your own. This isn't something that you just, you know, thought about on your own. You had a revelation from God the Father. God the Father put that thought into your mind and he gave you truth into your mind and it was true and he's saying you are right. Blessed are you that that God has revealed this to you. And I just want to say with our mind when we study the Bible, when we spend time in his presence, God will reveal truth to us. He'll open up his word to us and it's important to keep our mind open to the things of God. 
But if we crowd our mind with negativity and just all kinds of terrible things and bad thoughts and all this stuff, God's not going to be able to get in and talk to us because it's crowded with lies. And I wish the story ended here because we would be like, Simon Peter, man, you are something else. But do you remember what happened shortly after that, right after that? Jesus began to show his disciples that he was going to go to Jerusalem. He told them, I'm going to suffer many things. I'm going to be killed, but I'm going to be raised on the third day. Remember what Simon Peter did? He took him to his side and he says, far be it to you, Lord. You, that's not going to happen to you. Remember, I'm the one that was, I'm hearing from God. So, you, you know, I'm let, you better listen to me. You're not going to go to the cross. You're not going to die. You're not going to suffer all these things. And you remember what Jesus did? Well, right here. Jesus turned to Peter and says, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me. For you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Get behind me, Satan. Could you imagine being rebuked by Jesus and Jesus is calling you Satan? He wasn't really calling him Satan. He was saying, the thoughts that you have right now, right now in your mind, they are not of God. They're satanic. Well, well, I thought I'm hearing from God. Yeah, you were hearing from God a little while ago, but you're not hearing from God right now. We need to watch what we think on. One more. I'm in Chronicles in my, my studies. I've been loving it. I've been going through First and Second Kings. Now I'm in finishing up first. I'm actually, this morning I was in Second Chronicles, but... But I love this story. Remember the story? It says, now Satan stood up against Israel and moved David to number Israel. Remember that story? What does that mean? He, he moved David? Did he actually appear to David, Satan, and say, I'm Satan, number your people? No. He got into his thoughts. He got into his mind. And he moved on him. And he knew that Possibly David was being prideful and puffed up thinking, wow, we have such a great army. I wonder how many guys we have out there. I wonder how big our army is. And, and Satan's like, oh, this is a great time. Yeah, yeah. Ask, jo- ask Joab, your commander, number the men. Joab, number my men. And Joab's like, hey, you shouldn't do this. Far be it. Don't, don't, don't ask me to do that. That's not of God. Don't, don't do that. You're not supposed to number. We're supposed to trust in God. He'll let God multiply our, our, our military men, but don't do this. And it says that his words didn't prevail. David's words prevailed. He says, go out and number my men. I want my men numbered. And if you remember, 70,000 people were taken out in punishment because David acted on those terrible thoughts and he wasn't trusting God. Some people think the worst sin that David committed with, was with Bathsheba. I might argue with you, this was the worst sin that he committed because 70,000 innocent people were wiped out because David was prideful and his mind was taken over for a time and he numbered the people. Satan moved on him. So watch out for your mind. Real quick, two verses to go with this and we're going to close. 2 Timothy 1.7, I love this. For God is not, can we say this together, please? For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God wants all of us to have soundness of mind. Amen? And then Isaiah 26.3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Saints, believers, Those of you that have given your life to Christ, let's keep our mind on Christ. Let's keep our mind on things above and not the things of this earth.
let's realize we have a great, great, great salvation through Jesus Christ. He wants to give us soundness of mind. He wants to give us perfect peace. Keep your mind on him. He is able to deliver to the uttermost those that are being saved. So be encouraged. Don't forget, we have a great, great, great Savior, and we have a great, great salvation. Amen. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.